Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi. And like I always like to add, and Mississippi for that matter, one of the most amazing places on earth, a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, last week I talked a little bit in a conversation with Kyle about uh, Ernest Hemingway. This is somebody I I really enjoy reading. It's one of the one of the greatest writers ever. And one of the things I quoted was from a conversation he had with a guy named Robert Manning, who's the executive editor of the Atlantic back in 1954. They were they were sitting in his house in Cuba, overlooking the city of of Havana. And during that conversation, Hemingway said this, it's wonderful to get out on the water. I need it. And then Hemingway gestured toward the ocean and he said this, it's the last free place there is, the sea. As I pointed out last week, that's as true today as it was back in 1954, but so much insight from Hemingway. Uh, obviously, I'm not surprised by it. just such a thoughtful writer and thinker. Um, but he describes, frankly, that draw that exists here in coastal Mississippi. It's the last free place there is the sea. I've always been also uh, an admirer of John Muir. He, he was the naturalist, a conservationist, a writer. Um, he's an early advocate of conservation and, and a preservation of the wilderness here in, in the United States. And he, he said back in the turn of the century, this quote, and into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. I've been an outdoorsman my entire life since I was just a baby. I was really fortunate because I had a dad and grandfathers who loved to hunt and fish. So they taught me to find myself in the outdoors. And I often said, and I've said it here on the show before, that when I was young, the outdoors literally saved me. I, I can honestly tell you that it saved me. And frankly, it's a place that I continue to find my soul today. And now that I've, uh, I have kids and grandkids, my, I've taught my daughter and my sons and my grandkids a love of the outdoors. I went on in my career, early in my career, to volunteer extensively in, in the outdoors. I ultimately became president of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. That's the state's largest and uh, oldest conservation organization. Um, and it was, a, it was a pleasure to have the opportunity to understand the role that conservation and outdoors plays in the state of Mississippi. And it's extensive. I mean, it's, it's truly extensive. Um, and recently, I had an opportunity to work closely with Will Primos. He's the founder of Primos Hunting Products. And uh, we worked together on a bill that was before the state legislature called the Conservation Trust Fund. Um, the bill actually ultimately died due to lack of support from the lieutenant governor. But, uh, but I think it will come back, and we'll have another we'll have another go at it. But frankly, Will and I were super, uh, super disappointed, as were lots of outdoorsmen across this state. This trust fund actually will create this fund that enables us to go out and get a lot of federal matching funny, money, and uh, so it's really important to this state. So I'm hoping that eventually we'll succeed in putting that together. Um, but if you know hunting, you know the Primos brand, and uh, and you know Will Primos and his team basically revolutionized outdoors TV. 
And they have been incredible ambassadors for the state of Mississippi for many, many years. And more recently, if you study what they've been doing, they're making that transition. I came from a digital media world. I understand the transition they're going through really well. The, the TV show continues to do well. They're, they're branching out into other me multimedia capabilities, doing short videos on YouTube and social media and doing podcasts. You, you know how this works. What I learned about Will along the way, though, is that he loves coastal Mississippi. He actually spent some time here as a kid uh, fishing in Back Bay and off the, off the coast of Mississippi. And he's going to join me on Coast View toward the end of June. But recently, one of the stars of his hunting show, Lake Pickle, and I met just briefly while I was uh, headed up to uh, check on some hunting ground I have in, in, the, in the Delta. I decided to see if I could find Will's place. And uh, invited, uh, I invited uh, Lake to join me here on Coast View so that we could talk about their popular TV show, his passion for hunting, our, our love for the outdoors in Mississippi, and his popular podcast. So without any further ado, let me welcome to Coast View my friend, Lake Pickle. How you doing, Lake? And I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. It's great to have you. So where are you? Where are you sitting right now? I'm in Flora, Mississippi right now. Um, I'm actually, this is, this is where I, where I live. I got, I could have done, I was in the office this morning, you know, cause we just wrapped up turkey season and everything, but the office is so hustly and bustly and I don't live far from here. I was like, let me just get back to my house where I know I can be in a somewhat controlled environment. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I'm at right now. Well, I know. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna we have a whole show together. We got a chance to kind of cover the the waterfront, but turkey season. Uh, I know I know because I've followed you guys closely. Not just because of you know if you go back to er, to uh, his er, uh, Will's early life, and uh, you know the the mouth call that he developed and how that sort of revolutionized turkey hunting in America. Um, you guys, uh, are, it's almost a religious experience, really, when you guys go into the world. And I saw you when I when I when I gave you that that John Muir statement. And into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. When you heard that, you know exactly what that means, don't you? Yes, sir. Um, one of the I was fortunate enough to when I attended college, I went to Mississippi State as a uh, wildlife, fisheries, and aquaculture student. And uh, the professors up there and that whole department, the forest resources, I have nothing but good things to say about them. And so we learned about John Muir. We learned uh, I, I, some of my favorite quotes in relation to wildlife and the outdoors and everything or John Muir or Dane Darling or Aldo Leupold. So, so yes, I, I have a, I have a soft spot. So when you, t when you started quoting John Muir, I, I definitely appreciated that. Well, when Will talks about, turkey hunting in particular but you I mean you guys love to do all kinds of hunting you hunt all across the the country you've been you've been actually outside the country hunting um but he refers to tur turkey hunting as especially as a religious experience literally that that's there's something about when you're sitting there and you hear the tur turkey gobbling there's this moment where all of your troubles, all your stresses in life are set aside and all that you're really involved in in that moment is what God's great, um, you know, majesty has to, to offer. I'm not under, I'm not overstating that, am I? Not at all. We actually, there was a, not to run back. If I start talking about turkeys, I can get, I, I can go deep really quick just because they, they uh, I don't, turkeys is what started my whole deep dive into hunting. 
Um, it it kind of is what led to evolving into everything else. And my whole start with turkey hunting started with watching the Truth 12, uh, which was a Primo's videos back in those days when they were doing the double stack VHSs. And uh, so, yeah, I, I can even remember we did a we did a podcast episode. It was last spring. But but Troy and I were talking specifically about that just because, uh, you know, bare honesty, back during last year, I was going through a pretty tough time. Everyone was. That was when everyone was mid pandemic and all that. And we talked about how we found solace. And when we were turkey hunting and in that moment, really everything just like you said everything got blocked out you, there was no worries of the world there was no life troubles there was no bills there was none of that it was just you and nature and that turkey and i i think we all sometimes appreciate the privilege to get lost in that that's one of the beauties of it it is it is so true and um you know a lot of us learn as i mentioned at the beginning of the show we learn a love of the outdoors from our parents or grandfathers or grandparents and I feel for people who didn't have it introduced to them. Now, I have a lot of friends, actually, that along the way, you know, while they didn't learn it generationally, mm -hmm. as an adult, they sort of said, you know, I want to learn about that. And the first time they went on a, on a really good t duck hunt or went on a deer hunt and saw that if you sit still, uh, you know, wildlife comes alive around you and, and you see your first deer in, in the wild and or if you go on a turkey hunt, there's something magnetic about those moments that draw people in. And, we're, and I thank God that we still have this opportunity to introduce uh, the outdoors to people who maybe didn't have it you know, introduced to them because it was part of their culture, their family. But uh, but it's but it's so important. It really, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your story. You you uh, you you got involved in filming. You eventually sort of worked your way into an opportunity to do some filming with. Uh, with the Primos group, eventually became a full-time employee. We'll tell a little bit about that. You've actually expanded. If you look at each of the of the members of the team that are part of the TV show, they've all sort of branched out and done interesting things with their careers. And now you're actually uh, working on Whitetail Properties, which is a real estate company. And you're literally able to combine your passion with your business in a way that, uh, that that's really, really powerful. So we're going to tell that story. So let's, let's take a step back for just a second um you learned to love the outdoors from at a very young age from family members tell tell about that so i think all of my my immediate family would agree that i kind of took hunting a little bit farther than everyone else but uh but yes i was i, I as i got older i realized how lucky i was to get the exposure that i did Let's do let's do this. When we come back after the break, this is Lake Pickle. He uh, works with Whitetail Properties. He's on the very popular hunting show, the the Primos uh, hunting show. If you if you love the outdoors and you involved in hunting at all, you probably know about that show. When we come back, we'll talk about his early days, how he fell in love with hunting, and how it emerged into this incredible opportunity to work with Will and team closely over the last several years, and even becoming a star of the show these days. So we'll be back after the after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. And into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. John Muir, Mississippi, Mississippi is positioned. Some of the best offshore and backwater fishing in, in the world, really. And some of the best, you know, outdoors opportunities in the world, right here in Mississippi. And I'm having the opportunity this morning to visit with my friend Lake Pickle, who is, uh, you know, he's part of the the Will Primos team, the, the Primos Outdoors um, the truth about hunting and, and you know, uh, what, what's the, what's the other statement that you guys use? Speak the language, speak the language, which is kind of the, well, it was actually, if you think back for the brand Primo speak, the language was absolutely the perf perfect brand promise. <laughs> mm-hmm. really well. I thought I, I read it at one point that in the, in the past, it was something like in the woods and it began, it evolved into speak yeah. the language, but it was perfect. Wasn't it? Oh yeah, and I ever it was for the woods earlier, and then but I only even in my younger days when I got attached to Primos, it, it was already speak the language at that point. So it's been speak the language ever since I've really yeah, per, absolutely because what he did, he, 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 duck calls and turkey calls and all kinds of calls from from elk to white-tailed deer and all points in between, and then hunting blinds and all the other stuff that they that they developed along the way. But anyway, we're talking with uh, Lake Pickle, and when we went to break, he was telling us about the early days and how substantial uh, hunting came to his life. So let's continue that conversation, part of the, uh, of the story, Lake. Sure. So I was saying that I realized as I got older how lucky I was to get introduced to those things because it's basic principles that someone like me or someone like you that grew up around this don't really think too much on but you know at a very young age i was taught the principle that you can gain actual sustenance from the land you know i i can remember killing my first deer with my dad and my brother on our little piece of family ground we have in webster county I can remember going with my older brother and my grandpa. To, we called it the catfish pond. I don't know why we called it the catfish pond. We never caught catfish out of there. <laughs> but we would catch stringerfuls of brim and take them around to Mimi's backyard. We would scale them with spoons, and then she would fry them whole. And uh, it's memories like that that just kind of sparked a love for everything outdoors, whether it be hunting or fishing, and that just kind of evolved into everything else because as I got older and was able to, drive and pick up bow hunting and then when like i said kind of alluded to earlier when i started turkey hunting that's when it really started to snowball but it started early for me well you know if you talk to someone who's loves the outdoors like we do if i were to take you now into my garage i have four freezers in my garage and uh, they're full of fish and deer meat and deer sausage and you name it. And uh, when you say sustenance, that's really important because it's probably what we're doing is some of the most pure organic eating that you can do, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And it's delicious on top of that. <laughs> it's delicious on top of that for sure. So um, you had an opportunity. You got into filming with another organization, but eventually that brought you back to do some kind of fill-in work, I think it was, for Primos, and then eventually a full-time opportunity to, to work for Primos. And uh, you got matched up with a guy who, who who you sort of stayed matched up with on the show for quite a while before you started actually getting in front of the camera yourself. Tell a little bit about how special that was for you. Yeah, so... You know, everyone kind of has this, the way I can describe it the best is a lot of kids, you know, they say so-and-so is your childhood hero. Um, And so quite literally, I grew up watching the Andy Griffith show and Primos, you know, so 
Will and Brad and Jimmy and Troy, all those guys were just people that I looked up to. And so I had done this internship with Midwest Whitetail and I had told them, you know, that I'm so thankful for that internship and the guys there. Uh, and they were very well aware that Primo's was kind of my end goal or my, you know, perfect world. This is how it would work out. And they ended up uh, putting me in contact with Brad Ferris, who Brad has been tied and affiliated with Primo's forever. Um, long story short, Brad is the one I ended up running into Brad after I'd been emailing him on and off for a year or so. And uh, the way I can explain it is I, I can thank my parents for this. For what you know, one thing that no one will ever forget about me, they may forget everything else, but they're not going to forget my name because my name is just, it's, I mean, you know, it's a different name. And so when I ran into Brad and said, Hey, I'm Lake Pickle, he knew immediately. This is the kid that's been emailing me about video work. And uh, they happened to need somebody coming up that fall. I did not know that at the time. I thank the good Lord just for the timing on that. But, but yeah, that um, went from running into Brad to filming an elk hunt in New Mexico at about two weeks' time. And then, yeah, me and Brad uh, in that first fall, that elk season and deer and duck season, I went with Primo's. I probably hunted with Brad more than I did anyone else. And I'm, Brad, being as humble of a guy as he is, if I if he heard me say that he used to be my hero, he he would be like, man, don't say that, you know, because he's just a humble guy. But it's true. And so that first year, I was I was just awestruck, you know, trying to be like a sponge, just soaking up every bit of knowledge that I could on the filming side and the outdoorsman side. And uh, you know, thankfully, it it did turn into a full time opportunity. And still to this day, I think. I think I probably hunt with Brad more than I do anyone else on the team. So it's been it, it's really interesting to watch. And again, so for someone who doesn't know about the Primos Outdoors, just do a search on YouTube and go take a look at some of the videos that uh, they've done over the many years. I mean, it used to, like he said, it started out as cassette tapes and then it evolved, became uh, you know, its own TV show. And, you know, when you're talking to someone like about the show, um, how do you, what's your perception and then what do you know about the popularity of the show nationwide? Because it's, it's got to be for hunters, it's got to be incredible for you to go to New Mexico or where, Colorado or wherever you go and have people know who you are. Yeah, uh, I was, I've never had, yeah, I don't know. This is a new question. Um, so, so coming from like I grew up in Rankin County, Mississippi, you know, and for like you said to be in that to the first time we stopped at a gas station and someone you know was during it and someone says hey you know man i love the show you're like oh this person knows who i am this is different you know it's just it's a it's a feeling you don't really know but the way that i i came to accept it is it's just it's so incredibly encouraging when that happens because that means that you're doing something right you know it means your efforts are or having or bearing some kind of fruit and so it, it is very encouraging when that happens and uh i mean that's that's why we do it right you know so when we have someone send in a message about the podcast or a, or an episode or we run into somebody at the show or we run into somebody at the airport um that happened when jordan and i were coming back from washington we ran into another guy that had been turkey hunting and it's just I mean, there's, there's obviously there's kindred spirits there. There's common ground that you love turkey hunting. Hey, me too. Let's talk about it. You know, so yeah. And obviously, a lot of that, so much of that, has to do with the the, the work that Will did early on and growing Primos into the brand that it is. I'm just an ambassador of it. 
know. Well, you actually said it. You actually said what I was about to say. Actually, that all of you guys are ambassadors. You're ambassadors of Mississippi. You're ambassadors of hunting. You're ambassadors of ethical hunting. What I, what what is so important about your show, and this is the early vision that Will had for the show back when it, I guess when it first started, is that you're not going to you know if you look at you know common the kind of shows that are out there today, a lot of them go to high fenced or they go to you know prepared hunts and and a lot of editing and you know angles and all this stuff. You guys are absolutely opposed to that. You, you are focused on you, what you see is what you get. If it's a frustrating hunt, you're going to get the frustration. If it's a successful hunt, you're going to get that. But what you're going to get is in the moment, whatever happens is what it is, and you and you add it to that. You, you really focus on keeping as true to the situation as you possibly can. And that guides you guys, doesn't it, Lake? A hundred percent. Uh, and in my opinion, and you know, obviously, it probably has a lot to do with that's what I grew up watching. But I think that's the only way to do it because I think that's the only way that you serve what we're trying to portray justice. Um, and like you said, I mean, it's hunting. I think where we get lost, or where someone can get lost on portraying hunting or video hunts, is you try to make a hunt more than it is. Hunting doesn't need to be more than it is. Fishing doesn't need to be more than it is. Hunting is hunting, and it's beautiful like that you don't have to add to it you know you know what i'm saying it's just it's it's perfect the way it is and so that's you don't have to add to it you just show what happens and let it be what it is like that's so beautifully said actually and and i tell people all the time that um people who don't who, who are not necessarily opposed to hunting but don't understand it and i say you know what you need to hear me say before i go any further is that it's not about actually catching the fish or shooting the duck or shooting the deer if that's what you envision, then you're completely missing the this whole experience. It's it's really about being one with nature. It's about finding peace. And as as I as I have said at the beginning of the show, like Muir said, finding yourself, finding your soul. I mean, I can't say that enough. I mean, for me, and we'll talk about this when we come back from the break. It's about all the things you do around it, the prep work and and the getting ready for the hunting season and the camaraderie and the meals with, with as you say, kindred spirits, people who love the outdoors together and the influence you have on, e on each other and your the influence you have on each other's peace of mind and quality of life. I mean, I could go on and on. When we come back, we'll continue to have our conversation with uh, Lake Pickle. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Lake uh, Pickle. He actually is in the real estate business. He works for Whitetail Properties, but he's also a star of the Will Primo show that uh, has been on the air for many, many years. Started out as a VHS tape. One of the things that we were talking about is this, this connection, this connection to the outdoors. And you mentioned Brad and Troy and Jimmy and, and Will. 
and then there are other personalities that have come and gone along the way. You know, that's kind of the core group, and you're sort sort of becoming part of that core group now. Um, but what's interesting about the show is you get to know the characters, and again, it's really not about the actual hunt; it's about the experience that surrounds the hunt. And y'all have a lot of fun with it, don't you? Oh yeah, it's it's. It's impossible not to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, one of the things that's been interesting to watch. Okay, so we all had a place called Rivers Run. Yeah. Eventually, that sort of evolved into, um, into I just said it, Cottonmouth, and then it, then that evolved into what you call Kudzu Bluff today. Um, you had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in the Delta, though. That is a special place, isn't it? It, coming from somebody hunting in grew grew up hunting in Central Mississippi, you know, and mostly you know like pine monoculture that sort of thing never hunted deer hunted in the delta or along the mississippi river in my life and then all of a sudden here's cottonmouth uh and i can remember one of my first days out there it, brad i was riding around with brad and brad could probably see just you know the spark in my eye because i was just so taken back because river country is just so special and so different than everything else um it's like its own little ecosystem that's separated from the rest of the state. It's so unique. And uh, I remember Brad said, you better be careful. This river hunting will get in your blood. You won't want to go anywhere else. And he was he could not have been more accurate with that statement because the Mississippi Delta, the Mississippi River, Alluvial Valley, whether you're talking about deer, whether you're talking about waterfowl, whether you're talking about squirrel hunting, I, it's it's so that such a special area. So great for wildlife. It is. I get a little taste of that at our place in Shula, which is along the river there. Certainly not like the Mississippi River. And then uh, over in um, in Metro City, uh, some hunting ground there. Got a taste of it. And so I know the bluffs sort of like where you hunt now, which we in in our main camp we have 500 acres in the bluffs and 500 acres in the delta. It's just different kind of hunting. And being in the Mississippi River Delta, which I had the opportunity to do last year, <clears throat> it will spoil you. I mean, it's, there's. There's probably nothing like that in the world, Lake. I'm serious. And you've been everywhere. There's not. There's it's so there. unique. But <clears throat> with the Mississippi River comes floods. <laughs> and yeah. they have been significant. And when you've got a TV show and you've got floods, those two things don't coexist, do they? That's. I mean, we didn't make any secret about it. That's. That's pretty much what forced our hand from the move to from Cottonmouth to Kudzu Bluff. Um, I will always have a deep affection for Cottonmouth, for Togo Island, for you know, everywhere along those rivers. It was like you, earlier you were quoting John Muir, um, and I said, you know, out of loophole. One of my favorite loophole quotes is he says that perhaps no one but a hunter can understand how tense an affection a boy can have for a piece of marsh. So... It's like, like you said, the floods are, they, frankly, they were a pain. You know, they got to be a pain, but they still did not outweigh the positives of Cottonmouth or Togo Island and being on that ground and seeing how those deer acted during the rut and seeing the ducks when they came in. It was, that place is just so incredibly special. But to your point, going back to your original point, um, yeah, we had, I think it was two really bad flood years in a row and, from a hunting standpoint and from frankly from a tv episode making standpoint it just didn't make sense anymore we couldn't do it um and so we moved to Cudsley bluff and it's it's been it's fun because it's a different it's such a different thing like i said you get in the bluff 
we went from the Delta flat, <laughs> you know, to now the bluffs. There's ridges, I mean, deep ridges and bottoms. It's but it's it's a new challenge and it's been fun so far. Well, well, Lake, I, I'll explain to you just to the audience what you mean by that. So. If our, you start at our main camp and you start to go up toward Blackhawk, Mississippi, if you go, it, 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 the, the drop off from the Delta, I mean, excuse me, from the Bluffs to the Delta is very significant. So our, our land is contiguous during that time. As you start to work your way up, we've got two or three food plots up in that area. Actually, you know, more than that, but but two or three in particular. One is called Grand Canyon, and it's called Grand Canyon for a reason. Because if you lose a deer in the wrong direction, we tell people, and that the, another one we call Mount Everest. They, hey, that's a good good name for a, for a food plot, isn't it? <laughs> we call it Mount Everest, and we tell people that if you sh if you shoot a deer, do not get out of the stand, <laughs> because you can walk. 100 yards in the wrong direction and fall 200 feet. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating, am I? No, no, you're not exaggerating at all. That's why I'm laughing because I'm relating to what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so difficult. But, it, you know, it's so interesting. It's dynamic. It's different. It's certainly not the Mississippi Delta. But it's beautiful. Um, it's uh, It has its own personality. And, and over time, you know, it will be a very, very special place. Um, but you had to actually had to go to Kudzu Bluff in the midst of the pandemic and make that change and all that. That was a lot of work, wasn't it? Oh my goodness. It was, it was so much, it, it's always, you know, it was so much condensed into a small amount of time. Um, and then on top of that, like right last year when we were, when, when Mississippi bow season actually started, we had uh, Troy caught coronavirus. And so you know, we didn't know who else, you know, we, we had to separate from all each other because we had just come off elk season. So we were like, we didn't know we had to wait a few days so everyone could get tested because we didn't know if anyone else had it and that put us behind on planning and then it, it was just last year between pandemic and figuring out coronavirus and in the midst of that figuring out this whole new place going from hunting nothing but flat ground to the bluffs it was just it was just a lot to take on but um, I would be lying if I said it wasn't challenging. I would be lying if I said we figured it out and we're ready to go. No, there's still plenty to be figured out, but it was fun. Uh, it was it was a good time. I call it a successful year. Um, nothing but excitement going into the next fall. Um, and spring, frankly, spring was great out there at the Bluffs. So nothing but good things. So if you look back, you look back and, uh, of course, you'll, you'll, you've taped an entire series from TV series from uh, from that that experience, when people see it, what will they say? I think there's no way they'll be able to watch that run of shows, and so they go, "Man, they they hit some struggles this year." You know, then go back to what you said. We don't try to placate anything. Um, we struggled with the coronavirus and figuring out this new place. It wasn't like we just went in there and started filling our deer quota we, there was a lot to be figured out but they're gonna i think they're gonna say that man they had to work for it but they still had fun because we're not going to go out there and not enjoy it you know? hey you know what i th what i think they'll learn and i have no idea i have no inside information on this but when we came to the hunting ground that we have today uh we added shula this year we added mentor city three years ago in the main camp um i'm trying to think maybe five years ago now um it had a lot of work in 
that needed to be done. So we went in there uh, you know, initially and had to kind of lay it out and try to figure out how we were going to, how we wanted it to be because it was it was just a lot of work that needed to be done. And um, you really need a, de- a year to understand deer patterns because, you know, you can be over here 100 yards and there may be trails over there you don't even know about and and all kinds of amazing things are happening except you just don't see it it takes time and then you have to run through a season get get past a winter get into like february so you can go and explore and say oh oh my goodness you'll see a rub there and a scrape there and a big trail over there and it starts it's it's like painting a picture and really honestly it takes about three years maybe to really begin to understand what the property holds and what the deer patterns are and all that. Actually, I think that's a great lesson because I think the average guy doesn't fall into this rich hunting club. They, they have to go into public land and figure it out. It takes them a while to figure it out, or maybe they're, they, they're able to lease a piece of property and they got to go in there and figure it out. This, this will be something that most hunters can actually relate with. That occurs to you, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. And that's why we're not, you know, we don't look at that and go, man, we didn't just do eccentric on, you know, killing this number of deer this year. What we did was real. And yeah. and to your point, like, like one of the things that took us most off guard, just like I said, being fully transparent, one of the things that took us completely off guard is we had been so used to the timing of the rut at Cottonmouth. And we went out there i think it was it was early december and we were going hunting we were expecting to see some deer it was troy and i and all of a sudden like it's before daylight and i hear a commotion i hear i can tell what i I recognize my art that was a deer that ran by it was still too early i couldn't really see it was too dark um i hear the deer run by a few seconds later i can hear him come i can hear a buck grunting through the woods and i'm me and troy were like this is way different just the timing was different right Right. Very early. On top. Very early. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so when we come back, um, we'll shift gears in the final segment and uh, talk a little bit about the podcast that Lake is doing today. You know, talking to a wide range of, of characters and the multimedia transition that, that Primus is going through as we speak. We'll be back with Lake Pickle after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Primos's, uh, you know, one of the one of the lead camera guys and one of the in, ca- in front of camera guys. Uh, he works for Whitetail Properties as well, doing real estate, you know, finding hunting ground for people across the state of Mississippi. Lake Lake Pickle, and Lake. One of the, I love having this conversation, and for people in Coast View, it's maybe a little different kind of a conversation. But you think about the duck hunting that it takes place here in coastal Mississippi, some really good du- deer hunting. You know, like in Wiggins, for example. Um, you, you know, the deer aren't as big, but the hunting's fantastic. And turkey hunting 
doing is some of the best in the state. So, you know, we're just fortunate to live here. And I'm love, I love sharing our stories with our, with our uh, listeners. They may not understand hunting. They may, they may not even get it, but what they can understand from the conversation that you and I are having is that we both have a passion for the outdoors and Mississippi sits in a very unique spot as being one of the best places in America. Hey, let's shift gears now. I've been noticing that you guys are kind of making a transition. So you have your, your TV series and that's, you know, the commercial sponsors are related to that. You're preserving that capability for sure. But I'm noticing more short videos on YouTube and branching out into podcast. You're, and I see people responding to it. So sort of where are you guys in that transition? Yeah, um, that's one of those things. Like you said, it's just where the times are going. Um, YouTube has become so incredibly popular. Uh, and Primo's being a brand like it is that plans on being around for a while, um, you have to stick with those things. And so that's, that's kind of how we forged, which they had a YouTube channel uh, for a while, but we've started to add more originality to it, per se, more YouTube exclusive videos you know not not just stuff that was that you could see on a dvd or, or whatever but stuff that's just specifically meant for youtube we started doing more of that um started doing more just on our social media pages because you know now with facebook and instagram everyone knows how popular those things are now um and then that's what eventually in the middle of all that that also led to the podcast that we've been doing for it does not seem like it, but in September we've been doing that podcast for four years. Um, so it, it's been it, it's a it's I tell you what it is it's fun it's really honestly it's fun for me to to be a part and you know a, a, a part of a brand that already was so special to me to be a part of that I guess uh, evolution so to speak you know growing into these new things. Uh, it, it'd be, it's been very enjoyable. It's challenging sometimes trying to figure out that new stuff, but it's it's welcomed. Well, multimedia is where it's at. And I mean, as long as sort of the, the mothership remains the TV show, which gives you unparalleled national branding in the hunting community, and then you start tacking all these other things, that gives you an opportunity to connect to the younger audience and be able to kind of bring them along. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what's interesting about your podcast in particular is that it could be you and Jordan just talking about a deer season or, or turkey season but you might you know you might just have a surprise guest every every now and then that diversity that fun uh, aspect of it to bring people that you would never have expected to be a hunter into the conversation and learn they may be successful in whatever endeavor they're involved in but they also love hunting that's fun to do that isn't it uh, that's one of my honestly the podcast has been so much fun because I've gotten to talk to such a diverse group of people like you said people that like i found out i was like oh these people hunt you know uh and i was like man i need to get them on the show and so we do try to keep it like i said we try to we try not to get stagnant with the podcast and so that's where all that came from um summertime particularly you know we kind of get to flex whatever creative muscle we have because we're not obviously we're not doing a lot of hunting during the summer we actually we were in a meeting yesterday where we were doing a kind of a group brainstorm on things we could do to kind of keep just new things for the podcast. You know, you don't want to take even a chance at it getting stale. But but yeah, I, I, I love that. You know, I've been able to talk to everything from an MMA fighter to a country music artist to, a, you know, professional athletes to 
wild game chefs the wild game chefs are great <laughs> for a lot yeah. of reasons they teach me things and i like to eat so but yeah it's I, it's it's been so much fun that podcast has that's uh that's awesome um we're one opportunity for you might be come down and go fishing with us and we'll catch some big fish and then we'll go shoot something underneath <laughs> the water you would you would enjoy that love um that. But you know it is it is incredible. Just so, just so we kind of summarize kind of where we've been in this conversation. It's amazing. You and I really didn't know each other before we had this conversation. I know of you through the show. I knew you know I've listened to some of your. I listened to the MMA fighter, which was a terrific conversation. Um, and I hope I hope her well as she you know get, comes back from her knee injury, et cetera. But as you as you think about how quickly you and I were able to connect, just because we share a love for land, we. Have we share love for, for you know, activities that give us a chance to get probably as close to God as you're going to get in, in a lot of ways because, it's, you know, getting back to nature, as Muir says, it is a great opportunity to find our soul. But, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how you're able to connect well and fast with someone who, has, who shares love with you. And we, may not, we don't even come from the same area, but once we find that connection, and that's what you find everywhere you go. So, hey, final thought, Lake, before we sign off, buddy. Final thought is I, I'm, I'm thankful to be here, thankful to get to share my story and for you even the opportunity to do it. Uh, also, final thought is I want to take you up on that fishing invitation. <laughs> well, my sons would, would very much enjoy that for sure. This has been Lake Pickle from Primos. Um, he also works for Whitetail Properties. You can look him up, actually, if you're looking if you're looking for land anywhere in the state of Mississippi. And, uh, you know, these guys really know what they're doing when it comes to, you know, finding land that, that could be potentially amazing from a hunting perspective. So anyway, it's been a pleasure, Lake Pickle. And uh, I'll uh, brag on you to Will when I have him on the show in a, in a few weeks and we'll uh, go from there. So until we see each other again, have a great day, buddy. Thank you. You bet. We'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.